1: Hey, Jeff Dornick here. Wanted to let you know about our first book that we published called Social Injustice. We brought together 12 different authors, each tackling a different aspect of social justice and comparing everything with scripture. Whether you want to know more about white privilege, income inequality, LGBTQ issues, illegal immigration, or even just the history of the movement, this book is for you. With authors such as Dr. Andy Woods, Brandon House, Thomas Littleton, Dr. Mike Spalding, Pastor Ken Peters, and all of the GK guys, this is definitely a must-have for your reading list. We are also honored to have the great conservative voice michael massey write the forward to this book head on over to gatekeepersonline.com slash store to order your copy of the book and use code jeff at checkout for 10 percent off that's gatekeepersonline.com slash store and use the code jeff at checkout now back to the show
2: yeah it's called
3: conversations
0: with jeff not screaming matches
1: Okay, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Uh, thank you all for joining us here on our, on our Facebook page. Uh, for, for those of you guys that are maybe listening to this afterwards, the recording and that sort of thing. Uh, so what we're doing is we're live streaming our episodes of conversation with, with Conversations with Jeff here, or here on our Facebook page here on the GK. Um, and then the video will roll into our membership program called Plugged In. Now, if you want some information on Plugged In, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Check that out. That's that's your way of being able to support us and what we're doing and all the podcasts that we carry. Um, and so the, the full video recording will actually be uh, for plugged-in members, and then the audio will be uh, on iTunes, uh, available for everybody. Uh, some of the other perks that we have for a plugged-in membership are actually free access to our book, Social Injustice, that you can actually read from cover to cover, I get 30% off of all products uh, in our GK store, as well as our weekly devotional, a, a bunch of different uh, you know things there. We're trying to bring you guys as much value as we possibly can. So definitely check that out. Go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. And uh, de- again, definitely check that out. So I'm really excited about uh, today's uh, show. We've got Dr. Etienne Graves um, you know, joining us and he's going to be uh, coming to us via audio. Um, but I've re- been really looking forward to this conversation. There's a lot of going on out there in the world and it's important that we can actually kind of decipher what's going on. So definitely welcome to the podcast and I'm glad we could uh, sit down and talk.
2: Thank you very much, Jeff. It's a pleasure. Not only to to um, meet you but to be on your podcast hope I can add some enlightening information today
1: absolutely absolutely and you know and I feel like there's a lot going on we can kind of get into you know some some of this kind of stuff that's going on out in the world right now but kind of want to get people to get to know you a little bit like what's your story how did you become a Christian you know that sort of thing and just kind of give you a chance to let people get to know you a little bit
2: Okay, let me see if I can make a long, long story very short. <laughs> um, I've been saved since I was little, since about seven years old. Um, I grew up growing, going to church every Sunday. That's how my parents raised me. So, um, as I grew up in the church, of course, when you become a teenager and an adolescent, you go through things in life, but you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. So, I had to kind of get, you know, get out of myself and get back into God and. Uh, Some years ago, he called me to start a ministry called Memo Ministry, Um, McHale's with Excellent Ministry Order. And the ministry is designed to unveil not only Satan's plans and the um, the kingdom of darkness, but how to combat that with the kingdom of God. Um, Because there's a lot of things going on that Christians, not only Christians, but all people don't know about that needs to be um, uncovered. Like this year, 2020, is one of those years where this the year of uncovering and exposure. This is a, a major year for that. But he's led me to write uh, three books about the subjects he's taught me about DNA and about Mikhail Zedek and about Nephilim um, and about witches and witchcraft and subjects that I, I knew about, but um, I didn't really feel led to, to talk about. But through the years, the Holy Spirit has taught me like a patient teacher, taught me how to research and open up my word and decipher and um, study to show myself approve and break down the words. Um, and he's given me information in a prophetic sense, um, some of the messages that he's given me and things that he's told me to say has come to pass um, shortly after and even some years later. So um, I hope that's pretty Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: enough. Uh, Hey, this is Jeff Dornick, co founder of the American Conservative Movement. We are an organization seeking to unify conservatives across this great country to defend our constitutional rights that are being systematically stripped away by our authoritarian government. Please visit AmericanConservativeMovement.com and join the thousands of conservatives across this country who have signed up for our email list. Let's take back our country. Yeah, well, well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, what, one of the important things I think is that there's, there's a lot of, a lot of Christians don't actually research a lot of this kind of stuff and don't actually understand what's actually going on. And, um, and I right. think what, what oftentimes happens is Christians get into their own little bubble and then anything that fit, that falls outside of the, their small little theological bubble, they don't even like hear out or listen to or things like that. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I like about having this podcast is I can kind of, you know, Get a lot of people on, a lot of different perspectives, pick different people's brains and, you know, things like that and just kind of see, like, you know, hear hear different ideas and maybe things that are outside of what, you know, standard, you know, Christian theology or pastors, you know, talk about. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you know I, th- I think right now with all of this craziness going on with, like, coronavirus and... And a lot of the, this deep state, these deep state attacks against uh, President Trump and things like that. I think it's vitally important that we can actually dive into like what's actually going on, help people to understand like what are the forces that are at work, who who's pulling the strings, who's making things happen. So it, I think I think a lot of this kind of stuff is vitally important.
2: I absolutely agree because, of course, um, I'm sure you know, and your listeners, but you cannot trust the media, not the mainstream media. Um, they, they tell you what they want you to know, not what you need to know, or not what what the truth is. And if you follow what they're saying, then you're going to be lost, and you're going to be um, living in fear. Uh, once you know what's going on, it's not like it's not still scary, but at least you um, are not ignorant to what's going on. You're not you're not prey. You're able to combat it. If you're a Christian, you're able to combat it with prayer and the weapons that He's given us. But I think the most um foolish thing is to not want to know the devil and about the devil and his ways and the people that he's using as his vessels and instruments on this earth to accomplish his agenda.
1: Yeah. Now 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 with with everything that's going on right now with uh with coronavirus and all these lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. Like you and I were talking a little bit about this before uh before we came live. Um but what what's your take in the sense of what do you think is actually going on here? Cuz it seems like We're never being told the full truth. There's a lot of contradictions out there. The statistics keep changing and all that kind of stuff. What's your take on just the overall, like, what's actually going on right now?
2: Well, in my humble opinion, I 100 percent believe that this virus was created in a lab and it was released as a bioweapon by China with the help of the Democratic Party to not only um, bring the us under control but to interfere in the upcoming election and to stop trump and they were willing to risk people's lives and their livelihood and the economy um to to achieve it but of course we know that one of some of trump's greatest achievements in his presidency has been the economy and um the lack of unemployment so they figured they would attack those things to make sure that he wouldn't have a leg to stand on so to speak so they're trying to keep people in their homes and off of the streets so they won't be able to vote i don't believe coming in november and they can do the the mail-in voter fraud which is they're going to try to steal the election and they're trying to force people into taking this vaccine when they release it i think that's another major thing that's um, we we need to look at is a forced vaccine
1: yeah well you know and and i and i think for me it, it comes back to it seems like there, it seems like they are holding out for this vaccine, specifically from Bill Gates, because you know, and I keep and I've said this multiple times on on the show is that you know Israel Israel has a um, Israel has a vaccine that's coming out in the next few weeks, from what I understand, uh, but the Democrats don't want that; they want to hold out eighteen months for for Bill Gates, and so then the question is, what is in this vaccine from Bill Gates? That they're holding out for, and why do th- why do they want us to take that specific one that's not even f- developed yet? Like that's that's the thing that I don't fully understand. I don't I don't know what your uh-huh. thoughts are on that.
2: No, that's an excellent observation and and a, and a logical one and a common sense one. Basically, Bill Gates is neither a doctor or a scientist. Why should anyone trust his opinion because he's a billionaire about our health and a vaccine? People, that should be a red flag right there alone. And if, as opposed to looking for a vaccine, I've heard of um, hydroxychloroquine as a possible cure. How about a cure, not a vaccine? But from my studies and my research, I, I believe that his, um, his reason for wanting to give us the vaccine is because it has to do not only with this mark of the beast, but I believe vaccines can change your DNA because of what they put in those vaccines. I know people who've gotten the flu shot and all of a sudden after they gotten the flu shot, they've gotten sick. Yeah. The worst sickness that they've ever had, which is strange to me. I know people who've never gotten I've never gotten the flu shot and I haven't had the flu in seven, eight years. So yeah. those vaccines are deadly and they put things in there. If you if you you can go on and go on and look at in the ingredients in the vaccines and you can see what's in there.
1: It, it's some scary stuff and you know i, I heard i heard somebody said and it was it was actually kind of funny about this whole bill gates thing and and uh you know they said that you know he he couldn't take care of the the viruses on his windows platform so why do we expect him to take care of this virus <laughs> so uh
2: that's funny and yeah, true <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well you know and, and that's the, that's the thing about vaccines and you mentioned like the mark of the beast and things like that and and you know i've i've talked with a, with a lot of different people and, and in it, it seems like it's, it, I just feel like this is almost like a trial run for end times eschatology in the sense of it's like they're seeing how far they can take it. And I don't, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that Bill Gates's vaccine would be the mark of the beast itself, but it's like, it's almost like this is a trial run to see, okay, will people accept something if it's required, it, like literally injecting it into you? Uh, how far can we take it? And, um, and then they're pretty much ready for that whenever essentially God says that it's time
2: exactly I, I i totally agree i kind of feel like they're not this is not the revelation you know um, moment that we've been looking for um i believe that it's not going to be allowed until god allows it i don't believe this is the time of it but like you said they are trying to force it they're trying to force it in there and force and see well it's not only is it a trial one but let's see can, can we maybe um make people take the mark can can we do that like you said it's a, it's a trial trial and run. And the thing that I fear is that since they were able to see how successful this uh, COVID-19 was from getting people off the streets, even when um, we're able to go back out, that they might bring out something worse just to make sure that we can they can give us this vaccine because this was so successful for them.
1: Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you feel like Trump's been doing? Do you, do you feel like he's he's been handling this in, in the right way?
2: I feel like Trump's been doing an excellent job um, he's obviously anointed by God because who, who, what, what, what human being without the, the help of God can, uh, you know, um, sustain all of the ridicule that he receives in the, in the press and the media. And it's just amazing how he's able to stand strong. But God knew that. That's why he put him in office. I think he's doing an excellent job. And I think he, he's playing chess while they're playing checkers. I believe he knows everything that's going on. And I think that we have to trust that. God is using him and God is going to and he's going to do the right thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we've got a comment on on our uh, uh, Facebook comments over here. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Cromwell asked if we've read about uh, Bill Gates's vaccine troubles in India and Africa, as well as his push for population control. And then and then she says that Gates and his wife are wicked. Uh, What's your take, especially when it comes to population control, because that seems like a common theme that keeps coming up.
2: yeah, I, first of all, with Bill, Melinda Gates, I, I have read several um, articles on that, and they have been sued by those countries for what they've done for using those people as guinea pigs. I don't know why America doesn't doesn't recognize that. It's it's pretty pretty obvious, but um, I, I I think that Bill and Melinda Gates are um, agents for the I think Christ agenda. That's pretty much what it boils down to.
1: Hey, this is Jeff Dornick, co-founder of the American Conservative Movement. Mark your calendars for Saturday, May 30th, as we'll be doing our third edition of the Saving America Conference, which will be streaming live on our Facebook page. Past speakers have included Pastor Greg Locke, Joshua Feerstein, Mindy Robinson, Annie Cyrus, Trevor Loudon, and so many more amazing conservative speakers. We've been averaging about 25,000 viewers per conference, and I hope that you'll join us for this next one. For more information, go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com, and we'll see you for the Saving America conference on Saturday, May 30th on the ACM Facebook page. Yeah. What was the other question, Jen? Oh, you know, and then the other the other one is dealing with population control, and and I feel like that's something yeah. that that keeps popping up, especially among this like big globalist you know push. For whatever reason, it's like it's like on one hand they'll they'll make the argument that you know we're, we got to do this to save lives, but then at the same time, then there are, then it's like we need to limit lives because there's too many people on the earth. Uh, what, what do you have? Do you have any thoughts on that kind of thing as well?
2: Yes. Um, that population, depopulation agenda is is alive and well, and I think not only are they trying to depopulate the earth, but they, they want it to replace. Um, I don't know what your take is on the Nephilim and all that, and but I, I believe they would like to get rid of a certain um, sector of people and um, have people here on this earth who are not uh, totally human, so to speak. I believe that. And even in the Bible, if you go back in the Bible, depop- depop- depopulation has been popular with Pharaoh, when he killed all the Hebrew children, um, in the Bible, when Herod killed all the Hebrew children, because um, he wanted to get kill Jesus. But when Pharaoh did it, he said because he thought the people would be too great; they were growing number. So it's been an age old idea, uh, even from the Bible, from the wicked, is to depopulate so that they can have um, the majority of their people on this earth, and the people who are not, you know, for their agenda can be eliminated, which is wicked. it's it's wicked
1: yeah now now let's let's talk about the nephilim uh, nephilim a little bit because i I find that as like a fascinating conversation because again there's a lot of different perspectives when it comes to that topic um you know like a lot of people you know they they think okay that they they all got wiped out in the flood um we only see them in you know beginning of genesis other people say that you know you know goliath was one um you know there's there's a lot of different theories out there but when you're talking about the nephilim what specifically are you referring to
2: I'm referring to the, um, the, the the Nephilim. They came down in Genesis 6, the giants or the sons of God who came into the daughters of men and had children. The children were the basically the Nephilim. And the Nephilim were a combination of human and uh, for lack of a better term, angel. But these factions of angels were not like uh, regular angels. They were able to reproduce. So when they um, were able to impregnate the women, The children were giants and the Hebrew word for giants is Nephilim. And it's a combination of human and demon, basically. And just like, you know, the Bible talks about how people can be possessed with demons. Well, in those days, the demons were in human flesh, which is why the Lord had to cause that flood to get rid of them. Um, I have an interesting take on how the the giants uh, remained after the flood, but I don't even know if we have time to get into that. It's pretty controversial. And not many people believe it. <laughs> but maybe another day we can get into it. I don't know. It's pretty
1: controversial. No, hey, you, I, you, I, if, if you want, you could you run into it. That's the fun thing about uh, about this podcast is we just literally see where the conversation goes. So I, I'd love to hear your take on that.
2: Well, I'll just be honest with you. I know there are takes on um, how there was a second incursion, um, of course, um, which which I do believe. But um, I did it. An interesting study on the giant aug Og, Og. um i was studying him and the, the holy spirit had me look look him up and i was i was looking on google i found an um a site and it talked about a jewish folktale that said how aug survived the flood so i started to read it and um it was pretty interesting about how because i always wondered how noah was able to build that huge ark by itself i always wondered that but as I started to research it, and must read the article, I started to look and see that it said that Noah wanted to have a unicorn. This, this part is the folktale part. Noah wanted to have a unicorn, and the unicorn was too big, so he couldn't put it on the ark. So he decided to tie a rope to the ark and tie the other end of the rope on the unicorn's horn. And But there I had to stop and say, well, well unicorns aren't real. Well, what did I do? I went to the Bible, and I saw the unicorns are mentioned nine times in the Bible. Now, I know some scholars would say, well, a unicorn there is talking about rhinoceros. Well, I, I don't believe that. I know they do, but I don't believe that. So as the story goes on, Al, um asked Noah to uh, save him from the flood. And of course, Noah didn't have, want to have anything to do with that. But what happened was when the flood started, this is according to the, to the folktale, all jumped on the back of the unicorn and said that, OK, Noah, now you're going to have to save me because they're going to eat all the food that you put out for the unicorn. So Noah said, OK, I'll make a deal with you. I'll let you, I'll save you. I'll let you survive the flood, but you have to serve my descendants. And and he agreed to. Now, I thought this was all just, you know, maybe a a makeup and it wasn't real, but the Holy Spirit prompted me to look in the Bible and I found the scripture, um, talked about, talking about all being part of the remnant. So when I looked up, well, before I looked up the word remnant, I always learned that that remnant was, you know, remnant that was left from the fight that happened after the flood with the, with the Nephilim. But I looked up the word remnant and it blew my mind when I found out the word remnant means a rope or a rope as hanging free. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, that sounds exactly like what is said about Noah tying a rope outside of the of the ark. And it actually convinced me now because I don't really go around telling people that not many people. But based on the evidence, I I believe that that's pretty much what could have happened. I, I don't i can't prove it so i can't prove it but that's why i said that's my opinion on that so
1: right right yeah you know it's it's always it's always interesting kind of like looking at a lot of these different uh you know takes and you know on, on a lot on a lot of these different kinds of issues and stuff just because it's it's one of those things that um you know again it's it's fascinating and then also seeing okay does this line up with scripture and does it not and that sort of thing and that's where everybody does need to make sure that they're in they're doing their own research as well. Just, just in general, is you know use anything that you hear as a springboard for doing more research, and then and then figure figure it out for yourself. So again, it's always interesting hearing different takes on that kind of stuff. Um, now, now, do you feel are are the nephilim still around today? W- what are they involved with? What are they doing if they are?
2: Well, in um, Matthew and Luke, the, Jesus says that. Um, the, these day, the last days would be as the days of Noah were and the days of Lot were. Well, what happened in the days of Noah and Lot? There were Nephilim. There were giants walking around. And I do believe that there are Nephilim. There are giants walking around today amongst you and I all over the world. The only difference is when those giants walked around back in um, the ancient times, they were 10, 20, 30, 40. The book of Enoch says they were up to some of them were up to 300 feet tall. Huge enormous so there will be no mistaken if you were on the earth that you knew who the nephilim because you could see them but now it's changed the devil's gotten clever that's why jesus said that they look just like you and me but they're not giant they're not 10 and 20 30 feet tall they're people just like you and i they go to the store that live a life but they're not like us but they look just like us
1: yeah. Now, now, are they, uh, are, are they involved in like a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, kind of big globalist push? Like what, what's their purpose right now?
2: I believe that not all, but most of the major leaders, um, could very well be Nephilim and have that Nephilim blood and the Nephilim bloodline, which is why they're in charge and why they're making the decisions that they're making. And that's their agenda. Um, when those giants were walking around in Genesis 6, they destroyed mankind. They destroyed it. Everything, not not just the food, but everything that they had, they they totally corrupted it. And this is exactly what they're doing. They And they, they were killing people, just like pop, population control. And it's the same thing they're doing now, but they, they, they're doing it in a different way. And they're doing it through people who have positions, who are positions of leadership, in politics, celebrities, athletes, uh, um, actors. There are so many different ways that People that they that that positions that they're using to uh, achieve their agenda but um like I said they want to have their race on here here on earth I know it sounds like some sci-fi Twilight zone things but this is all you can all be it can all be backed up by the Bible the Lord talks it talks about this it even talks about the in Genesis 3 about he tells the serpent your seed will have enmity against her seed and I know people have come against this, you know, the serpent seed doctrine, and there are some parts of it which I don't agree with, but I ask people simply, who is the Lord talking to? The serpent? And what is he talking about? His seed. So it's very simple that if the serpent, if the, the, the woman has a seed, then the serpent has a seed. And there's a lot of people say, well, that's just spiritual. Well, Jesus wasn't spiritual. He came through a natural woman as a human seed. So I believe that it's Two different races. You know, when there's when they talk about racism, they're totally lost because racism isn't a black against a white person or an Indian. Racism is a human race, a different race, a different class. That's what racism really is.
1: Yeah, I mean, we are
2: of the human race, of one blood. You know, it doesn't matter what color we are, but people are ignorant to the fact that there's another race on this earth who hate us. Has, that has enmity against us and would do anything to not only take us out, but to um, make our way of living as difficult as possible.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and, and that and that's the thing too is that you know, oftentimes you know, when we talk about racism, it literally, it just comes down to skin color. When when in reality, it's like there is no difference except literally like the color of our skin. And and that's that's the thing that yes. oftentimes we need to remember is like we are, we're all one race. We're all one you know human race and that's the thing that we have to remember um and that that's 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 fascinating to me as well just kind of when you when we really dive into a lot of that kind of stuff now you know like a lot of times too you know uh you know when you're dealing with a lot of you know like you're talking about like celebrities and politicians and you know like all that kind of stuff that that kind of leads us into this whole discussion of uh like out of shadows and kind of what they're talking about in the sense of you know to a certain extent to a certain um, degree they are influencing uh you know everybody through you know through entertainment through the media through education through like a lot of different you know areas but do you, did you find that documentary to be pretty factual do you feel like it didn't go far enough it went too far what what was your take on that and kind of the response to it
2: um i thought it was i loved it first of all i thought it was pretty factual, and I thought it went far, but I did think it could have went far, could have went further, but maybe that's, you know, they can do a part two or something, but I thought for what they released, for people who have no idea about it, it should have opened their eyes it should have opened their eyes I, I, like I said, I, I think it was excellent, I recommend everybody should see it um, but maybe for like you and I, we were already aware of what was going on, and it just confirmed it, but for some people who aren't aware it's, you know, it'll be it's, it's jaw-dropping and of course you have the people who don't believe it and come against it and all this and that. But I mean, I don't know how it's pretty factual to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they can come against it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I think that th- this kind of comes back to uh, we we have to remember that like when we look at scripture, we look at the Bible, we'll even look at eschatology and that sort of thing. There is, there is this constant push for uh, establishing the Antichrist, you know, reign. And we've seen this throughout all of history, you know, and, historically and i always say this as well historically we we've always seen this with uh you know he would uh they would use you know a, a particular global power whether it was nazi germany the babylon empire you know the roman empire whatever it is to try to conquer the world and establish the one world government but it seems like this is the Whoa. first time where the strategy seems to be okay we're going to do it from within and just unify all the countries instead of conquer them and that's been the fascinating thing of kind of about following this. And that's also kind of what ties in with Out of Shadows is a lot of that has to do with, you know, propaganda. A lot of it has to do with, um, you know, like influence and, uh, and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, do you, do you feel like, do you feel like behind the scenes there is this kind of demonic occultic, uh, push for this anti, for the Antichrist reign? Like, what do you, what do you think is actually going on behind the scenes?
2: I absolutely believe that. I believe that um, everything we see in the video is, is, is true. I believe that they are doing satanic things. They are doing rituals and sacrifices and spirit cookings and, you know, all kind of things that are so just evil and dastardly um, just to just to continue to have this agenda go forth. Um, I I I've always believe that there's always spirits behind people you know people don't just do things there's a spirit you know influencing them maybe speaking to them in their ear maybe you know bringing thoughts there's always spirits behind something and these evil spirits hide behind these people and give them the fame and the wealth for them to allow them to be used if they are not already of that seed you know
1: Hey, this is Jeff Dornick, founder of the GK Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe to this channel and give us a five-star review. You have no idea how much this helps us. Also, if you'd like to watch the full version of the show, you can join our Plugged In membership. For only $10 a month, you'll get access to the live stream and full video versions of our shows, the recordings from the Destroy Social Justice Conference, online access to our book Social Injustice, our weekly devotional, 30% off in the GK store, and so much more. Please visit gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in for more information and to sign up. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Well, you know, and and that's the thing too. And and a lot of people are like, okay, that just, it just sounds crazy when we start talking about like selling your soul and doing these occultic rituals and, you know, and there's always these accusations against like Hillary Clinton and, uh, and, you know, the people that she's surrounded with and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, what motivates people to get involved in, in this side, in this side of, you know, like entertainment and politics and that sort of thing where literally it seems like they're, they're selling themselves.
2: I think it's power, money, and wealth. Those are the things that motivate him. And the devil will promise those things. We see in scripture when he came and tempted Jesus, he offered him all the kingdoms, look all these kingdoms, if you would just bow down, just bow down and serve me. And that's the same thing he comes to those, to those to celebrities with. And they accept it. They say, okay, they bow down. They don't refuse him like Jesus did. They accept it. And in exchange, they're given, like I said, riches and wealth. For them to compete those rituals, see if they don't do those rituals, then they don't get they don't get the wealth, they don't get the riches yeah, and,
1: well what, what what's um, what's the purpose of of the rituals that that's that's what I think a lot of people don't understand and there's this like disconnect between you know people like accepting this kind of ideology is it's like okay, so you do those rituals, what's the purpose why 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 even why even go down that route?
2: there's power in rituals, um I know that men seem. Strange, but the word ritual is itself is not a you know an evil, evil word. Um, it just means a, ser- a it says a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. So, just like, um, you know, people who may partake of the partake communion of the, of communion, the Lord's uh, Lord's supper, supper, that's what would be labeled as a ritual. Why do they do we do it because if we are sure there's, there's power from that in the word. Well, you turn that around the opposite way. There's power in the rituals that the devil have have um, that the devil has people do. There's power in um, sacrifices. I, I I found that in the word. There's power in killing babies. They they sacrifice gods to Moloch. There's power in in, in 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 blood drinking. It's it's an evil reversed um perverse power of God. So when you do it when you do a ritual and, and you repeat something in, in a certain way and so many times you're going to get an, an achieve. Result, like if you're using a, I'll give you maybe a, this is probably a bad example, but if you have a combination lock, if you don't follow the exact directions to turn to the right and turn to the left until that number, then it will never open. But if you follow those exact directions in that order, then it will open every time, no matter how many times you do it. And that's what the rituals are for. When the the more that you do them and perform them, perform it and repeat them, there's more and more power that's released. It's like there's an altar on Earth, and who there's an attendant, a heavenly attendant and an earthly attendant, and there's let's say there's an, a, an angel and, and a demon, and on Earth you have a, a person. Now he can either release either one of these beings' power into this realm by wh- whatever ritual he decides to do on whatever on the altar, by the rituals of the blood drinking and um, all the satanic stuff and the spirit cooking. He's opening the doors and releasing that demon to come through, but by praying reading the word you know taking the lord's su- supper praising and worshiping god. He's, he's releasing the angel the other the power of god to come through so it's whoever is receiving the the, the, um, the praise from that altar from that ritual is the one who receives the power it's a biblical principle
1: yeah yeah now now what what is it that it seems like um, you know every everybody that uh, that that we always hear about that's involved in a lot of this kind of like really dark stuff. obviously they're v- they're very opposed to Trump. and I feel like they're they're more they're more opposed to him than I've ever seen them oppose anybody, which has been fascinating kind of watching that. What is it about Trump that is causing such an uproar and such like absolute hatred and disgust? Um, you know, towards him from this from this group of people,
2: well, he knows he knows what they're doing, he knows their secrets, and not not only does he know, but he's going to break it up he's breaking it up, he's doing something about it, and that's the problem because when you're doing something in the dark and if somebody knows what you're doing and can prove it, then you panic. you know you want to do everything you can to make sure that person doesn't expose you, and Trump is the exact one to expose all this pedophilia. All this, everything that they're doing, he's the one to ex, to expose them. I remember when I was doing some um, research on him a couple of years when he first got elected. There was an article in the L.A. Times about witches um, fasting and praying to get Trump out of White House, to get him and for him to die. It's in the L.A. Times, and I thought to myself, hmm, I never read an article like this about Obama. I never saw witches banding together to come against Obama. That should tell you alone that there's something going on. And since then, there's been another article that's, coming out, that's come out about witches around the country banding together to fast and pray to, to come against Donald Trump. Now, I ask you, Jeff, if this man was working for the devil, why would these witches be working so hard to try to do that? It's like the Lord said, Beelzebub wouldn't fight against Beelzebub. It doesn't, even, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, no, a- absolutely. You know, th- there's a- there's a- another comment from uh, Elizabeth on our Facebook uh, comments, kind of talk about what we were talking about earlier with like n- the Nephilim and things like that. And she had said that she'd read of American Indians guarding the buried remains of 20 and 30 foot beings and the Smithsonian got a few, but then they disappeared. Um, do, you, do you know anything about that at all? Not that specific
2: um, incident, but that is interesting. I do know, because I've done a, um, a PowerPoint on it, I have many, many pictures of giant bones. Many that they've um, uncovered and discovered. There are, there, are many, there are so many in the Smithsonian, and I've read also there are many, many buried under the Vatican. Now, of course, I can't, we can't prove that, but um, if you research it, there, there are, there's a lot of pitch, a lot of video, a lot of evidence of those giant bones, those giant fossils. Cause think about it. A flood is going to push, and, and, and the, the earth being soft is going to push those bones down into the ground. So as time, you know, goes on, and you know it, it, you open up the earth, you're able to see what really happened. And it's amazing. Some of these pictures have these giants with, like, their mouths open, like they're in shock and just afraid. It's just amazing. And, and the, the giants are huge, 10, 20, 30 feet long. It's evidence. That's why I said people cannot say that giants didn't exist because there's actual fossil evidence of it. And from their testing, it doesn't go back um, six thousand. I mean, um, a million, billions of years from the dinosaurs. It doesn't go back that far. It goes back to the Earth's existence that they know of, between the last five or six thousand years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and do you, now do you feel like somebody like Goliath? Do you feel like he was a Nephilim?
2: I feel he was a, well, there's, there's another term called the Rephaim, which is a term for the um, giants after the flood. They were substantially smaller, and I say smaller because I would say Goliath was only 10 and a half feet tall, like only, huh? But oh he was God. only 10 and a half feet tall compared to the 20 and 30 and up upwards of the other ones before. So compared to the Nephilim, the original Nephilim, Goliath was a short, was short, was a midget. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, now, now, you know, one of the other things that, that intrigued me, um, about some of the stuff that you talk about, um, and I know that, um, that, you know, I've had Larry Gators on my show a couple of times and, and he's talked, he's been talking about this as well, but is dealing with this whole thing with like, with, uh, with Kobe Bryant, um, what 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 is your position on what's going on with that because it seems it seems like there's a lot of question about his involvement with a lot of this side of of entertainment and politics and the dark and the dark side of stuff that we've been talking about
2: yes um mr larry gators Gators is a good friend of mine and I want there's a lot of things that um, he talks about that we talked about before, and I've you know shared with him. But I'm not going to go into detail because you can look up you know his videos on YouTube because he does an excellent job on breaking it down in detail. But just from my um, vantage point, um, yes, he was involved with a lot of things. He had a lot of connections to some major, major entities, and some powerful, powerful people. Um, and not only not only that, but he has some interviews privy to information that most people don't 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 have. Um, I found out that Kobe Bryant may be the most intimidating professional athlete after retirement ever. Ever, he was going to um, apparently start a basketball league in Saudi Arabia. There's evidence of that. He was offered a billion dollars. Um, there's so many suspects, I should say, who could uh, you could pick or choose who could be responsible for Kobe's assassination. But the side that I the other side of this, which I, I'm you know, just kind of focused on, the Lord is showing me, is about the dark side. You know, he wrote so many books about um, witchcraft and wizardry and he was a student of Alistair Crowley and J.K. Rowling and, I mean, there's just so much darkness to all this. And I, you and I, everybody should realize that ever since Kobe Bryant died, they have to admit that there's been chaos on the earth since that time. For some reason, if you look at it, ever since that time from that time on, it's been just chaos. Not that he was just you know a, a most the most important person in the world, but something about that unleashed um um the the veil that was over darkness and it released if something was released. And when I was thinking about this and pondering over it, um you know the Holy Spirit talked to me and asked me, "Well, what what are his numbers?" His numbers are of course 24 and 8. So he he led me to look at Matthew 24 and 8. And Matthew 24 and 8 says these are the beginning of sorrows. And talking about what happened before, um, tw- verse 8, about the, the earthquakes and the pestilences and all that. But like I just said before, it's like his death has been the beginning of everything has went down for America and the earth since then. It's like a, a, diff- a, a different level of darkness. But I believe that there was a there's a battle going on between dark and light. And unfortunately, Kobe Bryant was a casualty of that war. We, we talked earlier about sacrifices and ritual. This was another ritual of sacrifice. And there, there's a, there's a, a, a scripture in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter three, Jeff, that blows my mind every time I read it. Israel is winning a war. Then a war against the Moabites, and the the Moabite king is losing the war. He doesn't know what to do. He can't, he can't, he can't get, do anything. So he gets this idea in his mind to sacrifice his only son on the wall, his only his son that was going to reign in his stead. When he This is what the word the Bible says. When he sacrifices his son, do you know that Israel started to lose the war and had to retreat? It blew my mind. We know that the devil is not more powerful than God. But how? How could this cause Israel to lose? Because he sacrificed his only son. We know this idea wasn't his own idea. It came from Baal, which is the devil. That's who put that idea in his mind. But the Lord had taught me that, of course, the devil's not more powerful than I am. But this whole thing is a battle of submission. My life, your life, the church's life, the king is a battle of submission. And who's ever more submitted to their God and willing to do whatever he asks him to do is going to win the battle. And in this case, the Moabite, the king of King of Moab was more submitted to his God, which is Baal, than the children of Israel were to him, and that's why they lost the war. And that's why another reason why I think Kobe was sacrificed is because of this battle that's going on in the spiritual realm that you can't see unless you're given eyes to see.
1: Yeah, well, you know, like like looking at uh, looking at certain celebrities that that, that have passed away, it, it seems like there was a common theme of, and 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 again, I, I don't know, but. About this with Kobe, or whether that's even true or not, or not, or anything like along those lines. But when you look at people like Michael Jackson or Prince, or um, even um, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park, or some of these guys, it seems like mm. they had always been struggling with trying to get out of this dark side of Hollywood. With some of the things that they would say, and um, some of the like the symbolism in their in their uh, music or graphics or you know whatever it might be. It seems like, you know, towards the end of their life, they were struggling with trying to get rid of who is, you know, kind of controlling them or handling them or things like that. Now, is that going to be the same kind of thing as like with Kobe Bryant or was or was he not trying to get out? And was this something totally different?
2: No, that's an excellent point, Jeff. Excellent. No, I believe he was trying to get out. Um I'm not saying he wasn't a part of it because of course he signed I, we, He on the dotted lines, he knew what he was doing but I believe he tried to get out of it and that was part of this whole thing we, we know that this whole darkness is unfortunately um, surrounded around pedophilia and like Dwayne Wade has allowed them to use his son to become a, a girl, he's allowed them to use him to do that, I don't, I believe that they might have asked Kobe the same thing for his daughter and he wasn't going to do it, he wasn't what, he wasn't you know, agreeing with it, which is the reason why he's come, why he would have come against it and why they would have wanted to kill him, number one. Number two, don't forget about the whole rape trial, the whole rape thing. At that time, Kobe, they were trying to get him to join in a big way. And he was defiant. He was doing his own thing. He was his own person. And would he wouldn't join. He wouldn't um, come along the lines of what Shaq was trying to get him to join and come and get involved with. He wouldn't do it. But once they got the rape trial, they think, you know, he gets the tattoos, he changes. He's he changed because they caused him to conform because of the whole the whole rape allegations. So of course, after a while, he's we he wants to get out of this. But when you sign your name on that line, the devil own it's the ownership. He own you own. He owns your soul. I can only hope and pray that these celebrities we talking about before they were killed that they had a moment where they got to you know give their soul to the Lord and be back. I, I can we can only hope and pray that. But it seems that is the theme that once you're in it and you want to get out, they're going to silence you by taking you out. And yeah. that's what they did.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. And you had mentioned like the tattoos and things like that. Um, but uh, but when we're dealing with like symbolism and, you know, whether it's tattoos or like album covers or music videos or whatever it might be. It it always seems like they are using these, you know, particular symbols like the all seeing eye or owls or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And, you know, some people are like, Oh, you know, they're doing it because it sounds cool or it looks cool. It's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, conspiratorial, you know, it it attracts people that sort of thing, but is there actually a deeper meaning to a lot of that kind of stuff?
2: I believe there is, I believe those, there's power in those things. Um, not, you know, a good power, an evil power, and by um, flashing those things for people to see it, people to see it constantly when they look at album covers and look at things, then it's going to flash in their mind. It's going to be in their dreams. You know, it's like giving them, giving, opening a door. You know, to for them to be able to have influence into their into their lives. I believe they're not just for showing. They're not just to say, "Look, I'm a part of this. This is my allegiance." There's some satanic, demonic power in putting those symbols on there. You, do you remember in the Bible when um, the people, um, when the when the the, the the people wanted to worship that pole that had the the serpents around, the snakes around it, the Nehutsen, Because of what Moses, see, there was power in that, but that's why it had to be you had it had to be gotten rid of because there's no there was evil, but there's still power in that evil. There's still power in it. The Lord used it, and that was it. He got rid of it. But the devil was always trying to use stuff that once had power or um, some meaning to it biblically, biblically or historically and turn it around for his use and um, use it to as his signal or his logo and people are, are celebrities or, or actors, whoever, they do this because they want the money and they want the wealth and thinking, well, what's, it's no big deal it's just a symbol, It's just it doesn't mean anything but there is far more reaching um, effects behind it as you can see with those who have actually been killed
1: yeah, and, and it seems like a lot of those people that have been killed, a lot, a lot of them have been like on the younger side. Um, you know, and, but, but it does yeah. seem, it does seem like to a certain degree there, there does seem to be this struggle with, with a lot of them where, you know, they, they would say things and they would talk about, um, you know, some, some flat out would say Illuminati. Other people would say that there's, that there's just like handlers. There's, there's other people that are, you know, saying that there's demonic, you know, garbage going on. Uh, like, you know, like, you know, like even people like, you know, like Tupac or, you know, we even saw like JFK before Mm. he was assassinated. You know, it's, it seems like they're Mm. always, they're always putting out these, these ideas and then, and then soon after they, they mysteriously die or they're assassinated or something along those lines. Um, and again, it's easy to kind of go down this conspiratorial route and just say, oh, it's all just one big conspiracy theory and all that kind of stuff. But is there, is there evidence that, that there is this, uh, this control um, over these guys um, that we can actually point to and like, no, look, this, this is actually going on?
0: Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website – at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member
3: FDIC.
2: Yes, I believe it's, and it's, it's, it's in many cases, it's plenty of evidence, and it's time and time and time again. There's, this, I mean, these guys not only are they controlled, MLK controlled, but they're controlled by, like I said, by the money and by the threat. Okay, look, look what happened to this this celebrity, this person. If you don't fall in line, then you know this is going to happen to you. And a lot of the ones who aren't killed, we don't talk about the court cases and the things that come that they bring against them to get them in line as a warning before. So they wouldn't, you know, so they won't have to be killed. And many of them just acquiesce to what they're doing. Since, you know, there's such a connection in the courts and and, and, and the the lawyers and all around the world, they they can use those connections to control everyone that's under them. Because everywhere, the banks, everywhere they go, they have someone that controls them. There's nothing that they can do to get away from it. So if they want to limit how much money they have, if they want to limit their... Um, their um, access to what they do they want to limit, limit the amount of um, films and performances they do unless they do what they say then they do and they have to agree to it or they won't be able so it's, I mean it's all about them being successful they, it's, it's presented to them but for what they get from it it seems like an easy exchange
1: yeah, yeah. Now, uh, again, looking at the Facebook comments, there's, uh, somebody named Billy Edge, uh, said there are true conspiracies, but I see a wave of fascination of worship of the conspiracies themselves. It seems the focus is on every worldly evil, yet less an emphasis on the exegesis of exposition of scripture itself. If we never see another day of media or news or Hollywood and had the word of God, we'd have enough discernment to navigate this life knowing God is sovereign. Now, now, is there, is there importance in understanding a lot of this kind of stuff, or should we just be focused on understanding the Bible, the, you know, biblical theology, and then just let the world do what it's going to do.
2: I think I think it, there needs to be a balance. That's what I think. I think everything, I, I try to go back to the word for everything I, I do. That's what the, you know, I'm, that's what I, I'm a Christian and that's how the Lord, is, is, you know, uses me and speaks to me, but I don't put my head in the sand and ignore things that are going on in the world and the information that I can use to research and learn. I have to have balance. You have to have balance. You have to understand all kind of issues to be able to bring it to bring you know, um, the truth to, the truth. Now, I do agree with him. There, there are some conspiracies that are maybe way out. And some people may think, well, it's always a conspiracy, It's always a conspiracy. But that's, you know, people's opinion. The devil is a, cons- a conspiracy realist. That's what he does. And he loves when people think "Oh, say, well, it's just a conspiracy, just a conspiracy, because they just count it away as that. And they won't do any research. They won't look into it anymore because they dismiss it as a, as a conspiracy. But I try to look at the, look in the Word and see, okay, well, where, what is the Lord saying about this in His Word? Can I see any correlation? Okay, well, the, now I see it. Okay, now where is this information at in the world? Can I find it on Google? Can I find it in a certain book? Can I find it um, on not the mainstream media? Can I find it somewhere on Twitter? Somewhere. That's I think you have, have to have a balance and not just, like I said, put your head in the sand, but you have to have the Word and you have to have Um, The knowledge and the wisdom of what's currently going on. Like, for example, if I just say I'm going to just, okay, stay in the word and the Lord's given us enough to read on that point then I wouldn't have to follow what what President Trump says or his press conferences or look, that's important to know what's going on and be able to decipher whether it's from God or whether it's not and even God can give you warnings about what's going to happen what's going to go on. I think it's important to be able to know everything that's going on and keep it a balance, but the word is essential in that my case
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think one of the things too that I think oftentimes we can we can uh, remember is that if the Bible is true, which it is, you know, spoiler alert. Um but if the Bible's true, then then everything in the world should fall in line with what scripture says. Um and I think that that's an important thing cuz a lot of times what people do is they separate their theology from Everything else that that's go that goes on in the world. So it's like we've got our Christian our Christian world, our church, our theological positions over here, and then we'll keep our politics, entertainment, work, business, science, all that kind of stuff over here. And there's this like kind of division and separation to a certain degree. But I think the thing is, is that when we, like like let, let's take science for example, when you're studying biology, if if the Bible's true, then biology should support it. Uh, hint, yes. it, it does. Same thing with history, same thing with geology, same thing with, you know, with the study of, you know, pretty much any kind of scientific thing. And that's the thing that we need to remember is that since scripture is true, everything else will support it. So when we study other things, we're actually studying and finding the support for what we believe theologically. And I think that that's something that we need to remember when we're studying things outside of scripture, we still need to bring it back to scripture because it all correlates. Yes. Yes, oh, that's such an
2: excellent Paul, I hope they heard what you were saying That was such a fascinating way of putting it Exactly, that is so, and I, I believe there is no subject On this earth that you can bring up And talk to, talk about that is not In the Bible It may not be on the surface But once you dig and study and, and look up what the, Yes, everything There's government, entertainment, politics um, History Sports Now I may not say basketball But do you know when they paraded samson around that was called that was a game that was a sport they came and watched samson go around and do what he did blind there's every subject that's on this earth is in the bible that's why the bible is the, the greatest book ever written because there's nothing if if you didn't diligently sincerely look for it, there's nothing you won't find in the bible because it's there it's there
1: yeah. Well, you know, like even talking about things like capitalism or socialism or things like that, like that, that's in scripture. Like Jesus throughout all of his parables, he ta- he talked about personal property rights. Like that, that was something that he actually talked yes. about. He didn't say personal property rights, but it was, it was implied in all of his, in all of his accounts. Um, you know, so, another thing Ooh. that I, that I always point to is when we look in Acts and everybody always points to Acts and they say, oh, see, like the early church, they were, they were more socialist, right? Because they, you know, all things were in common and they shared with each other and that sort of thing. Number one, it was it was it was voluntary so that still fits within the capitalistic yes. uh mindset cuz they it wasn't being confiscated they were willingly sharing it but then uh yeah. when when you look at uh, at Paul's epistles what's fascinating to me when when you're looking at that is uh Paul was writing about uh to to the other churches like in, i f- i forget which ones i was just re- i was just reading about this earlier uh but he was actually trying to raise funds to support the church in Jerusalem well, wait mm. a second. I thought that they shared everything and that they were fine. Maybe because they weren't working and they weren't they weren't bringing in a, enough money, all of a sudden they ran out of resources because they were sharing with each other and nobody was actually going out and earning their way. So then Paul had to go around to the other churches to support the church in Jerusalem. So thus showing socialism in the long run doesn't actually work. And I think that, that, that that's a mm. lesson that we can learn looking at this even though it specifically, explicitly doesn't say socialism is bad and capitalism is good.
2: Wow, that's an excellent example. And I didn't realize the way you, that, that's that's true. <laughs> that is exactly it sounds like what we're going through now. Mm-hmm. People not able to work and running out of resources. It sounds very similar <laughs> to what we're going through now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 where where do you think we're going from here? Uh, do you do you feel like with with everything that we're seeing? Both with Trump, with a lot of these, you know, stay at home, stay at home orders, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Um, are you optimistic about the future of our country? Do you, do you feel like we're kind of at that point of no return? Like, what, what's your take, kind of like as we're moving forward?
2: I think we're um, at the at almost at the at the top of the hill. We have to get over this hump. I believe that when this is over, and it will end eventually. When it's over, though, that the the economy is going to come back stronger. Than ever, Um, the anointing is going to be stronger than ever on Donald Trump, and he's going to. um, The Lord is going to make sure that he allows our this economy to come back for people to recover. People that um, you know um, trust him, of course. But it's going to be some. There's going to be some people that are going going to suffer, and um, I don't know if it's going to be like people like you and I, but many of these people who are in positions of power and authority, like we see with all of these CEOs who have resigned, so many. I mean, it's going to be a big change at the top. Um, we're going to have to kind of weather the storm because they're going to pull out all the stops and do everything they can to make sure they can um, assure the people that they, Donald Trump will not be reelected. They're going to do everything they can, so we have to be prepared for that as a people, and especially as Christians, be able to be uh, to stand in prayer and intercede at this time. But um, once the election is over, it's going to be a turn. Now, I hope it doesn't take that long. I hope it doesn't take till November, but I don't think that they're that they're finished the enemy is finished with what they're doing here i think like you said earlier i think this was successful this was a good trial run so whenever they feel like it, whenever they're ready they can do it again and extend it longer and make it even worse so i just think it's just a matter of time we just once between now and november but after after november everything's going to be greater than we could ever have imagined it because i believe he's going to be reelected. but between now and then brother this enemy is going to continue. They're going to continue. We just have to continue to stand strong as a people and as a people of God. You know, it's been what 60 something days right now. We look, 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 we made it this far. We're okay. We made it. If there's another 60 days, we can make it again. But we cannot lose our faith and our trust in God. That's the main thing. He's going to make sure he's going to see us through this. And and he, and like I said, look at it. he has. It may have been. It may be hard for some people. It's been hard for me in some in some cases. But we made it through. And we're going to continue to make it through. The Bible talks about overcomers all the time, and the the, um, the blessings that they get, and the rewards they get for being overcomers. And that's what we are. We are overcomers as Christians, and we are going to overcome this as not only Christians but as Americans. I believe that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, the the Bible says that you know you know you know God. You know, what what sense is there in stressing about tomorrow? God will take care of that. Just just trust in Him. Don't don't worry, he's got it all under control. You gotta remember he's sovereign, he's in control, he he can handle this. Yes. So um yes. so so yes. It, uh, you know if if people wanna you know follow up more on like your writings, your books, what what you're talking about, that sort of thing, what's the best way for people to be doing that?
2: Um my Twitter handle is at Etienne Memo, um E T I E N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy E, then memo, M as in Mary E, M as in Mary O. Um, I have a YouTube channel I don't know what <laughs> um, Also and also have um, If you go to Amazon.com Forward slash author Forward slash Etienne Graves Then you'll be able to see um, My three books I have on Amazon um, There's three books The first one is called Demons, Nephilim, Angels The World That Then Was And it's about DNA and how the demons and nephilim And angels affect DNA The second book is called Unveiling Secrets from Eden's Garden and it's about what really happened in the Garden of Eden and how everything that's happened in the Garden of Eden is happening now from transgenderism to the Illuminati to um you name it. And the last book is called Dawn of a New Era, um, Exciting Realm of Angels. And it's talking about this new era that was coming. I wrote this a couple of years ago. And now, I guess we're on the new era. Um, it's talking about how church wasn't would be the same and the way it was and it's not and how we're going to have to rely on God and his – um, angels and, um, and this time and it's turning out to be so. So if you want to check those books out, you can go on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and, um, look at them.
1: Yeah, definitely. I highly, highly recommend check that out. Uh, de- definitely, uh, follow him on social media and that sort of thing as well. Uh, but yeah, I, re- I really, enjoyed this conversation. It was fascinating kind of diving into a lot of this kind of stuff. We'll definitely have to do it again sometime.
2: Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the, um, the opportunity and I was humbled. You have such astounding information. You should do a message about that, uh, about the, what happened in the Bible with socialism. That's a, that's a message. That's a whole topic right there. That's, I would be interesting in hearing that. You should dive a little more into that, brother. That's pretty deep.
1: Yeah. I'm, I might, I might have to put something together on that one. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely thanks for joining us. Really, really enjoyed having you and that sort of thing. Um, for, for, for everybody that's what for everybody that's, um, watch, watching out there as well. Um, we'll, we'll be back, uh, next week, actually on Monday. So we're actually gonna have a fascinating conversation, not theology or anything like that, but Monday, the 18th at 11 a.m. Pacific time, we're going to have a guy named Todd standing on, uh, and, and oh. he's actually an expert on, uh, on Bigfoots and Sasquatches. So it's going to be a fascinating, wow. fascinating conversation. So, uh, he, uh, you know, he claims to actually have photographs and video wow. of them. So, we're so we're going to be picking his brain and we're going to, we're going to see, uh, we're going to see what he's got to say. And, uh, so definitely tune it in, tune into that. So Monday the 18th, 11 a.m. Pacific time right here on Facebook, we'll be streaming live. If you guys are, again, listening on uh, iTunes, definitely, uh, subscribe, leave us a five-star review with, with, uh, you know, your thoughts and, you know, kind of what we're doing. It totally helps, really helps us get the message out there. So definitely check that out, do that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys back here on Monday.